Welcome one and all to today's very special episode of Ladies with Gumption, episode 139, Under the Domed. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap PCTV in a flash. I am Tatiana, and I'm here with Jessica and May. You can find us at DCTV Gumption on Twitter, at ladieswgumption at gmail.com if you want to send us your excellent feedback, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com if you wish to send us asks. And of course, the actual podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Patreon, where you can listen to us talk about anything and everything, including the upcoming discussion on uh, Kong Godzilla versus Kong, uh, as well as things like Stargirl, Doom Patrol, and more. Plus, you get this podcast 24 hours in advance, and I know you are dying for that. You can find that at patreon.com slash dctvgumption. Now on to news. Starting with the um, TA, the Hollywood Reporter article that, you know, broke down the Ray Fisher versus Joss Whedon, and also Jeff Johns, for that matter, story. And we have uh, a lot to say about it, I am sure. Basically, we all know that Joss Whedon is on power trip after power trip, but also Jeff Johns has um, now had many accusations lobbied against him about being um, insensitive to subjects of race, perhaps. Mm. Um, <laughs> not wanting a black Superman's grandfather, even though Zod could be black for reasons. Right. Um, and also uh, being immune to racism because he has had a black ex-wife and an Asian current wife. Congratulations. And, and, and he's Lebanese child. when he feels like it. When he feels like it. Which is not he that often. Claim for that him as a community. Not that often. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, what do we feel about this? What's going on? It was a pretty big like article, um, in the sense that it filled in for me at least a lot of the gaps in the timeline. Like there'd be mm-hmm. times where Ray would um say something on Twitter and be like frustrated with the process and we don't really know like what's going on but so this kind of filled in a lot of the details so not only what was going on in the investigation but what was also being said um via some other of the witnesses and even some of the um the cast members um you know I think I saw in there at one point that Ben Affleck was trying to stage like a walkout for the cast to protest Whedon and um you know he got he locked Gal Gadot's stunt performer in like a, a room saying that he would ruin her career because she didn't want to do uh, a boob face plant which I, I don't even know what the hell that is but um just all this kind of stuff that kind of really illuminates all the things that Ray's been trying to hint at but ha- probably hasn't been able to fully express and then I thought it was just like very convenient that Jeff Johns he made sure his rep was like he identifies as Lebanese-American, and also he can't be, you know, racist because of his ex-wife and his current wife and his child. And also, he can't be anti-LGBT because he wrote the first Batwoman con- uh, comic book when she came out. Like, all this, like, all of these excuses on top of shit that he has done in this movie, and they're trying to, like, gloss over. And then the fact that on Krypton, you know, the whole idea that he kowtowed to racist fanboys on, well, they don't want Superman's grandfather to be black. Zod can, the Zod's can be black. And, and that just goes back to the whole 
thing on on Krypton with them promising this whole Romeo and Juliet story between Seg and and Lyda and then going nowhere with it and the fact that Reggie Jean Page could have been our Seg L <laughs> and so like you know it's just there are a lot of like surprises in in that article and a lot of clarity I think as well absolutely I agree with that and you know uh, to Cameron Cuff's credit, he did quote Reggie John Page's tweet about it and being like, yeah. you know, this is bad. You know what? We cannot I allow even, this. When I saw when I first saw it, because Bridgerton is like doing him dirty right now, too, with the whole um, not coming Whoa, back for season two. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't being cooperative during renegotiations and all this other shit that they're trying to say now when it was never the case that he was going to come for more than one season. So I couldn't tell whether it was him subtweeting Bridgerton or the Hollywood reporter. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like it was, I, I feel like it was probably a Hollywood reporter just because like the reason why he doesn't, he doesn't even need to try to come back for Bridgerton because he's got much better offers on the table right now. You know, so this is probably like yep. a good, not a good riddance kind of situation, but like a, you know, <laughs> he's not suffering from that. <laughs> but, um, but also, you could you, know, you could still just feel some type of way about the yeah, show. Like, I did yeah. this for you, and now you're trying mm-hmm. to make it seem like I'm the one that had the right. issue. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. wasn't. And I mean, the whole the whole article was a lot, and Jessica hit like the main points of it for sure. But it was just, I mean, it's really good to have something out now, especially since like the the person who wrote the article was like, WB didn't want me to publish this, but here we are. I was like, of course they did, because right. they don't want you exactly. to rat them out. But it was like. Yeah. It's good that it was so um, extensive because, you know, for so long, it's we've mentioned before, you know, how it, it's often felt like Ray sort of on his own. And he had mm-hmm. maybe like a couple of people here and there come out and support him and stuff. But we've only had like fragments of the story itself. And right. now this whole like expose is like just airing out everyone's dirty laundry. And it it's good to have for everyone else oh. to be like, oh, even people who didn't like maybe believe Ray before, they're like, oh, we yeah, see now. Yeah, like you feel it. Right. Like a lot of some people, I exactly. saw some people on Twitter like preemptively like, well, there's nothing new in here. Like there's a lot new in there. There's if you definitely follow. a lot yeah. new. Like, yeah. yeah. I forgot one that, that, that there's pissed me off. more people though. that, oh, what? what the conversation off? around uh, Ray, like Victor saying booyah or not, and them trying to like guilt trip him like, what if this one executive's young son really likes Cyborg and wants him to say booyah? You're going to tank the whole movie on one word. Um, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it no, yeah, and it was all ridiculous, especially like I remember even um, when Nadria Tucker was talking about how um, Jeff Johns was didn't want um, Georgina to have like different hairstyles Hairstyle. on mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a continuity issue from like one scene to the next it was actually because it was going to show off like a shaped part of her head or whatever um and like that anti-blackness in general also appears so often in this article which makes me laugh about the whole Jeff Dong be like just make sure make sure they know that I am POC I'm just like no yeah. no that is not the time you can claim being Lebanese American sir I'm sorry I mean right. I just wish you would have stopped like I've you know stopped after you can uh, cast it, Candace and just like retire that wouldn't yeah. have to like, go through all this <laughs> shit like, right. like, you peek the right there the and then good yeah thing. exactly yeah exactly. and I think it's so it's also really interesting the lengths that not interesting it's terrible because we've seen the extent of like hollywood trying to protect terrible people and now like that whole scott rudin also expose came out um 
was also a terrible man in Hollywood, but just the the length that they would go to protect people like Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns, knowing how shitty they are to everybody. He was attached really... to a, another HBO Max series, Joss Whedon, for a minute, the Never right. series. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even after yeah. all this shit, and, he still and that, had a job. That was probably not going to be renewed. And even like the marketing couldn't say, like, oh, from the creator of Buffy. It was like, oh, we're going to bury that. <laughs> but just just the extent with which this has been going on and how much WB executives didn't want it to get out. I'm just like, you could just let these people go, right? Like, there's other people who are just as talented who can do better things and are also not shitty people. <laughs> right. I still I don't mean, want to restore the Snyderverse, but, like, we can also... Yeah, just, no, like, we don't need to do that. But... <laughs> at least, at least Snyder is a nice dude, even if we don't like the work he puts out. As far as we know, he's a nice dude. Everyone says he is. I don't know. We'll see. But... Um, what was I going to say about that? I've said this a million times. I probably said this on the podcast before. But Jeff Johns has been on my shit list ever since everything came out about Eddie Berganza. And that's just like, not just people protecting Jeff Johns, but Jeff Johns going out of his way to protect garbage people. Um, I don't know if you guys have already remembered this story from me, but I'm going to tell it again. So there is a um, comic book editor on the Super, or was on the Superman, um, in the Superman books, Eddie Berganza. And he was a serial sexual harasser. To the point yeah, that women that. could not be hired to work for Superman, which meant women could not be hired to work on Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman was randomly under Superman. Um, so, like, the fact that they would go so far as to be like, yes, we acknowledge that this is a problem and the solution will be to not let women near him while we continue to pay him <laughs> to edit our comic books. And then it took another man first, um, Greg Rucka, to be like, I'm taking up, like, if you want me on Wonder Woman, you have to make Wonder Woman separate from Superman because I will not work with Eddie Braganza. And they're like, oh, okay. I guess we can do that. We can accommodate Greg Rucka. <laughs> not that we can accommodate the many women who have come to complain to us. And then when, I think it was Bleeding Cool or Ain't It Cool, one of those places, one of the cool websites did the expose on Eddie Braganza that led to them firing them. They're like, wow, we didn't know that was happening. The things that we were doing. Can't believe that. <laughs> He's fired now though, don't worry. So um, yeah. Basically, DC Comics needs to do a total overhaul because they have way too many people on their payroll and heading up their entire program that suck balls. Yeah. And I think I think it's going to be interesting, too, like how this because right now, you know, WB is getting a lot of crap for rightful reasons. But also Joss Whedon was attached to like two Marvel movies. That's the reason WB hired him to begin with, right? So it's like, are you going to reckon with like what happened on those sets too? Because I'm sure that there was shit that went down. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see like if that ever comes to light too. I doubt Disney's probably got that locked up <laughs> tight. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, do we have any more thoughts on, on that or shall we move on to our next item? I just hope uh, sorry, go ahead. No, go. I was going to say that I hope that they all get dra- dragged so much that they actually decide to put Ray, F- like they fire everybody who's involved mm-hmm. and decide Bring to put him Ray back. Fisher back, right. back in the flash, flash movie and then give him his own film as well. Yeah. <laughs> I support he's that. He's shown, and he was like a big part of the, you know, like the good part of um, the Snyderverse Justice League. And I think he's a great cyborg and i would love to see him back clearly he was not the problem (laughs) so yeah um yeah i hope that happens too 
Now um, on to DCTV news. Uh, Peta Sargent, perhaps, is the name, has been cast as Nixley, a quirky and kind fifth-dimensional imp who was wrongly imprisoned in the Phantom Zone and is driven by a tragic backstory. So, um, following along the lines of Mix Spitlit. Mix Spitlit. That, that person. <laughs> We're going to get another one, another fifth-dimensional imp. So that'll be, you know something so the tragic backstory is like making me like roll my eyes to the back of my head and like <laughs> okay sure yeah you're like do we yeah sure okay then <laughs> but um but you know it'll be interesting to see what they bring to the table mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like it's the last season they already have like so many characters that some of which some of whom they're failing to you know include in some of the bigger narrative arcs anyway so it's a lot it's crowded you know yes it is crowded <laughs> but to be fair this is probably going and she's to be... only in the phantom zone like yeah, phantom zone stuff exactly in our as a series regular like i feel like she would come back she'd be rescued from the phantom zone and become like part of the super team oh, it depends on how long it takes them to get her out right that's true we don't know how long the the arc will last as far as i know i'm not sure if we know which will be kind of like weird if kara is spending like half of her final season Separated mm-hmm. from the entire cast, that'd be a little odd. That we'll would see. be I think deeply it's gonna, I mean, there's 20 episodes this season, and I think that at least maybe four-ish of them she will be out because they started filming in October and she came back in January. Right. So hopefully well. that's not too bad. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. All right. Um, we also got the first Legends of Tomorrow teaser. So, yay, Legends Tomorrow. I did not witness it. I, I have not witnessed it either. either. <laughs> but I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. I know Solar tweeted something, or he said he had, like, had a realization that uh, Legends of Tomorrow is the one that kind of does the whole, like, just, like, flying by the seat of his pants vest, which is obviously true. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing I just now that I have seen this realized it was probably in connection to the teaser because until this moment, I never knew myself. Or specifically, I did not know that there was a teaser for Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow fans. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a little bit of just like, not, not necessarily general, but not connected to this week's episodes feedback. Yeah. So from Adora. She, she Mm -hmm. has like a very, um, she's helping me refine my massive like prediction, flash prediction about the dreams and the visions. Um, Mm -hmm. and she left two comments on our Podomatic site. And the first one, she was saying that it's pointed out that Killer Frost's powers is what's keep, keeping Kate from getting ALS. And that's why her father made her into Killer Frost, which is definitely true. And um, she was like, you know, it could be that it's unclear if, if Julian Alper got rid of all the evidence of her felonies from season three, or if they just like forgot that that plot point, um, which would be kind of cool if it, if it does come back, because I think that's a stronger, that would have been a stronger reason than, I missed you living in my head rent-free <laughs> for them <laughs> to get back together. But, but it's, it could also be that, you know, if Frost is convicted and goes to jail and then, like, Caitlin starts, like, rapid, rapidly deteriorate, then there's, like, really good tension there of, you know, they need to get back together and there's issues now. And that leads into um, the second comment, which they were saying that um, they think that Cisco's vision was about Caitlin dying, which... 
now that I think about it, it's totally on brand for him <laughs> to have that be the thing that I do not like. want to see it, but I agree. It is it's on brand. It's so on brand. I'm trying to get the comment to load. So, so I can... you know he's, it's not about Camilla. He hasn't talked about her in like two episodes. No, like I don't know why he vibe like that. Hey, he was like on the phone with her. All right, guys? Yes. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the but second yeah. one. He's, I think Cisco's vision was about losing Caitlyn, his real most important person. I'm pretty sure... He lied because Caitlin was in the room. No, it can't end like this. Sounds like something you say to a long-term relationship. You've already seen Cisco lose his girlfriend, Cynthia, and I don't think we'll have a repeat. Um, so, yeah, I think that that makes sense. And, again, it's something – I feel like these visions that they saw were kind of like premonitions since we know Killer Frost is coming true. Berries is oddly specific. And so it makes a lot of sense to tie in with um, Frost being separated and not being able to get back together with Caitlin that maybe her ALS will kick in at some point and she could be close to dying or in or dies. So thanks Adora okay. for helping refine the, the prediction. Yeah. I like that. I like that Adora. Nice. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. All right. So now um, without further ado, May will uh, take us on a journey through the flash and Supergirl, giving us the joys the lack of joys, the feedback, and finally, our lady with gumption of the week. Take it away, May. Because this is how we do. Okay, I'm not going to hey. talk. <laughs> <laughs> Party of the 90s, side A, stranger danger. Uh, Cisco and Chester Chesco travel back in time and get stuck in 1998, a good year, repeating the same day over and over again. <laughs> the key to returning home is at Chester's childhood home, but he refuses to visit for reasons unknown until we do know them later on in the episode. Meanwhile, Iris forges a connection with the Speed Force that is all about Barry and his blanket. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that has to do with his mom. Maybe <laughs> that's so cute. Um, Jeff Bird directed the episode written by Kelly Wheeler and Emily Polizzi. What brought joy? <laughs> I, I am a big fan of the true season seven. I think that they've hit the ground <laughs> running with the episodes. I'm really enjoying the Force Quest graphic novel um this i felt like it was a really good episode as well um team chesco for the win i am so delighted to get more of their dynamic and their friendship and they mesh so well together um which is great because i know like when chester first came on they're like well he's basically like cisco so there's gonna clash and all this kind of stuff but no they, they like really mesh really well and they don't like overlap each other at all so getting them and having them have that episode together um i thought was really really strong chemistry wise um this is chester's first big like solo episode um since his debut and i think he carried it really well with cisco and i, I like that um he has a connection to the villain of the week or the monster of the week or whatever you want to call it the force of the week um, and that I said his hometown and um, the story with his father and the story about how, you know, it, he, he went about it in a very like complicated way, like buying things that Chester needs and then like throwing them randomly in the trash and hoping that Chester will find them. But I, I like the um, the lesson that was supposed to be learned about, you know, learning to see treasure where other people see trash. I thought that was really sweet. And um, I like that Chester got that opportunity to talk to his dad, um, knowing that his dad has passed away. There, there's that kind of 
I feel like that that's probably a 90s movies reference that from some movie or something where, you know, they have the person has a chance to talk some kind of trope, talk to their like dead parent and get it closer, like feeling or understanding. Um, so I, I really like that a lot. I like Dion, the the, the steel, actual steel force. Um, I, I, they did throw me for a loop because I thought it was going to be that nerdy guy. And so when it came out to be like Dion, his actual jock, that actually also makes sense, <laughs> like trying to like relive his like glory days. Um, but I like the actor. I think the actor is is great. Um, so he was a good presence as well. I loved all the 90s references, like the blockbuster, um, Space Jam, <laughs> guaranteed in stock. Um, in the beginning with um, the girl and Jitters on the phone, the, you know, the dinosaur um, coffee wave thing <laughs> from like Jurassic Park. Right, like, right, coffee. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the... Chester and and Cisco dressing up like the Fresh Prince um, in their outfits and, um, you know, all of those those little things just made it, like, really, really fun. Um, I liked, I liked the whole, like, main plot. When Cisco, you know, regressed to seven, you're like, stranger danger, like, all that stuff. Totally great. Um, On the other side of the plot. You wrapped in a burrito. I know. (laughs) He needed his own burrito. Um. With Nora and Iris bonding, I like, I wish, you know, a minor gripe, I guess, that there's no hand holding. Like, I, I wanted her to, like, hold the hand and feel the connection to the speed force. But I guess, like, COVID is just like, no touching. So, <laughs> but I still like that they um, had this time to bond together. You almost didn't miss Barry or remember that he was in a coma. Because, um, you know, Cisco and Chester did their thing on the one side. And then you got to see more of Iris and Nora bonding with each other because that's something that we don't really get enough of over the series since the real Nora died in the pilot you never really get to see much of what her connection with Iris would be like unless it's in one of these kind of situations um so it was really good to see that Speed Force Nora she loves her Barry Allen so much her beautiful boy you know you know like fuck Wally and and Jay and Jesse and all those other speedsters the Speed Force (laughs) has one child (laughs) You exactly. love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> you killed her. The <laughs> star, the star of her heart. She <laughs> truly yeah. is the prodigal son. I feel like there's like, should be like a parallel son. between like you know women that get killed by a version of Barry Allen, but still love him anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then like the whole when Still Force goes haywire, of course, and um, all the different looks. Even though, even though it was only from one scene, like all the all the pictures were you know Iris and her afro. Um, Joan is zoot zoot. Um, all of these, like, we got so many pictures for just one scene, but it was great. And seeing Iris come in with her, with her fro and, you know, the whole exchange between um, her and, and Joe about, you know, with the black power fist. Was, that was great. I loved it. Um, yeah. I just thought it was a fun episode overall. I agree. Um, I thought it was just a really charming episode. Um, and I think that really charming can kind of be like what I say about the true season seven, as you said, as a whole so far. It just feels like it's it's kind of like finally got like the right vibe of just like balance maybe between like the cute, fun, cheesy stuff and then like the hinting at the more emotional side of things that we're going to get into. Um, I was a big fan of diving into Jester's life and backstory. He finally got his moment to shine after I guess like what has it been a season and a half or whatever. Um, So it's, it's, I also really like how he and Cisco play off of each other because I think that for a long time we missed the Cisco of old, right? right. The wide-eyed sci-fi enthusiast. 
um, that Cisco had to grow out of. Because once you've been doing that for a couple of years, you're kind of like, oh, here we go again. And then he, so now he, like, he gets like his partner was like bouncing off of Barry, but now yeah. Barry has a wife and right. another life. So yeah, exactly. It's nice to get so that now, that vibe back. Yes, exactly. So now Cisco gets to kind of be like the world weary but wise mentor to Chester's wide-eyed sci-fi enthusiasm. And then that, like, you know, reflects off of Cisco and he can get excited about things. Like how Game of Thrones was, was, pulled, was what pulled him out of his seven-year-old stupor. <laughs> so um, that was lovely. Um, also, just, you know, even though, like, the 90s isn't, like, the most exciting decade to go back to, it was still nice to have, like, the blockbuster how shout out. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Let's be honest. I'm kidding, I'm Maybe because we lived through it, <laughs> you know, that was our decade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. we were like, we don't, you know, this is not, the, it's not something cool like the 80s or the 70s. Um, also, I will say, I felt like their outfits were a little bit, um, like... I, maybe it's just they just don't have taste, right? Like, maybe it's like, we're not like they don't have taste. But they went back a few decades. Not decades, a few years. Like, it was like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air outfits mm-hmm. is what they were wearing. And I was like, this is 1998. You should be, like, in my so-called life outfits right now. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> you should be wearing flannel. But okay. Um, it was still fun to see them <laughs> dress yeah, up. and like then 1992. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was fun to, like, to see them dressed up and, like, hosting some like spoken word contest to find it's like some kind of like find, talent show to find exactly the talent show competition to try to, to try to find the, the the force that they were missing um and then dion uh slash time god slash still force was actually like a really fun character um he brought a little um spice to the episode he reminded me of tony slash girder like i could mm-hmm. see him playing that role um, back in season one, he was that kind of like, oh, I peaked in high school guy, yeah. and I'm real mad about it. And so I um, also love Chester getting to be the Barry of the episode when he had to talk down uh, Dion in order to avoid the special effects budget for the episode. That was and great. Dion just like took it the entire other way. Like, right, you know right. He's like, it, it worked right. in the short term, though. I he was like, expand. I wouldn't leave you alone. I should expand <laughs> exactly. my territory. <laughs> So that was fun. That, that was like a fun uh, turn of events. Um, and also just in general, the way that they decided to incorporate the still force and the powers they decided to give it was much better than. What is no it in the comics? I, 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 know I, I was like, Josh Williamson, but the what still, is force, still force in the comics? It's literally like it can stop. Like you know the part where they say, oh, you can stop the flash. Like, yes, it can stop the flash. But like, like the turtle turtle is still force in the comics. So it's like, yeah. oh, I can be really slow. It's okay. a nurse. That's what I it's was thinking. Like, like exactly. standing still. I'm like, well, how do we go to time with that? Exactly. So. so I guess I get it that it's like you're standing still in time. So right. that's how they're that's how they're right. interpreting it, which is which a much more interesting interpretation than um, <laughs> literally standing still. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Stop moving, Flash. Okay, that was fun. <laughs> so so yeah, it was, they they got creative with it, which I like. I'm I'm happy with that. Um. I still don't really understand where we're going with the forces, but that's okay because I don't need, I don't feel like I need to yet, right? I like how we've kind of introduced one uh, force each episode and we know there's a sense of danger because the speed force is telling us there is. Speaking of, well, actually, before I jump into the speed force, let me first say, yes, Chester and his dad was really great. It was really um, heartwarming to see him get to connect with his dad I really felt for him when he was talking about how his dad kind of like left him behind or was so focused on work. And then it was interesting to see his expectations be reversed and like a new 
perspective open up before his eyes, right? I still thought what his dad was saying was a little bit like, maybe you should just give your child the... Yeah, it was like, it was like overly complicated. We could have like skipped exactly. this and you could have had the love of your son while you were alive. Exactly. exactly. So like, maybe you didn't need to do all that. But at the same time, and I can't credit the dad with this alone, because I'm sure it was in fact Grandma Runk, since she's the one that was there the whole time. But Chester did grow up to be a great guy, right? Who did internalize these lessons his father gave him, even if he didn't realize he was being given those lessons. So maybe it worked out. Probably could have been done better. Probably could have had a balance. But it was done. Nice I wonder to if there was that like it... something like, you know, because he was always away and he knew it. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to be here forever, Chester, and blah, 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 blah. Some, something. Right. Something in there. Right. Right, right, something. Um, but it's also like that they didn't even contemplate saving the dad, right? Of course, I was like, let's save the dad! But they were <laughs> Well, they didn't think about that because, I mean, I guess they've already learned their lessons. They're not trying to go back to that place. So, like, that was that was probably good also. Um, <laughs> he's not Barry. He's not Barry, exactly. Okay, and also I did love that they, like, together, the thing that they did to, like, bond together was building the plot device that was required, right, for them mm-hmm. to get out. So that was also, that all worked out really well. Okay, now on to the, speaking of the Speed Force, I really, even though the Speed Force was being weird as hell, and I'm very suspicious of her, um, I did love her scenes with Iris. I she was so emotional. Right, right. I'm like, why are you such a person? But <laughs> um, but it was nice to see um, the Speed Force's scenes with Iris and getting to hear Iris talk about the side of Barry that we don't really get to see. Like the Barry burrito blanket that I'm just <laughs> was like a really cute image but also like the idea behind it is sad you know and so to hear iris talk about the trauma that barry's still processing after all these years um was a very like interesting insight into their dynamic into their relationship and the things that people that other people don't know about them that only they know um and then of course speed force being like well can i be part of that like i was like what are you doing what's happening so I'm very interested in seeing where they're gonna go with that. Especially and, and I'm especially wondering if they're going to explore why Iris was so enthusiastic about it. Like, yeah, of course you can come. Like, like I'm trying to like compensate for Barry's lack of having a mother by like forcing Speed Force motherhood on him or whatever, you know? And then Speed Force and then Barry at the end was like, Okay, I guess you could come. <laughs> like clearly he was not <laughs> Not thrilled about the idea. He's like, I'm not so that I'm... broken. <laughs> exactly. So I think it'll be really interesting to see to see where they where they go with that. Um, is there anything else that I like? Oh, I mean, of course, I loved Iris, Joe, and Frost all in their like old outfits and styles. Caitlin's was a miss, but the it's other like, three was supposed to be like, what was that hairstyle supposed to? Be? I, I do not know. know. But it's I hilarious that know. she obviously knew that, and I was like, Caitlin, she's like, uh, yeah, you tried, but I know I was terrible. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was that was funny. Um, so I like that. I like everything about that. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm just seeing the dinosaur that was just fun. This was fun to have. Like the dinosaur looked pretty good. I guess they spent their special effects on the dinosaur for the episode, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. I loved the scene. My favorite scene was probably seven year old Cisco, <laughs> and and just were trying to talk to him, and Cisco be like, "I'm seven, you pervert," or whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> you ran away. And of course, um, the friend's reference with the title was so much fun. The one with the night. I, I did not and catch that because you... I'm not white. Because you're not white. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that was. And then also okay. the Under the Dome reference was so random. 
that I was like, Under the Dome? Wasn't that canceled for like one season? No, it turns out it had three seasons. There you go. <laughs> I learned something. But <laughs> anyway, overall, just, you know, joy. I know it's a little joy. All right, I'm done now. Yes, I, I agree. It's very, very charming. I didn't really know where they were going with it at first because I was like, oh, they're going to get stuck in the 90s. How, what, where? But I liked how they explained it. There was a lot of exposition <laughs> in the episode, but I do like how they sort of went around explaining the still force and like why they were sort of stuck in the 90s or whatever. Um, and I appreciated that they were, you know, like we always go a couple episodes with them being attacked by the forces now and now they're actually being active and trying to find the for the next force themselves um so it was cool how by doing that they actually ended up crossing paths with with dion to begin with and it was really fun it was just a fun episode it was nice to be back in the 90s i love the costumes i always joke that like the 90s style in general is like you know a sewing machine blew up a bunch of fabric and just like threw it all together because just a lot of color different colors all together and it's it was really fun to see um all of that and like the callback to blockbuster it's just like when you want to think of the 90s you just think of blockbuster it's blockbuster, like the one thing that's dead yeah. and you can also bring back that people still have the nostalgia for <laughs> poor hollywood video does not have that <laughs> 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 so all of that was fun and i did enjoy like chesco as amazing i agree just like i you know people did think like oh my god he is replacing cisco but i love their dynamics so much they mesh so well together and it's nice to see like cisco having a sort of new best friend like somebody he could hang around with who sort of gets all his references and loves science and loves to get onto all the little geeky stuff um it just brings back like a really fun vibe <laughs> to the show in general um that was lacking sometimes um over the course of the season like as shows go on you know they characters do grow up and they things do become less fun because they've just tackled so much and this mm -hmm. sort of brings back that you know sort of like it's going back to the 90s these characters are sort of going back to the the fun that they were in the beginning um so all of that was great and i did enjoy like i like that this episode got to be really charming really funny and also really heartfelt because i did not see that chester bonding with his dad scene coming at the beginning and so it was really nice to see like him talking to his dad sort of like you talk to your parents as an adult you're like i see why you did that now like i understand you even though i'm still weirded out and annoyed a little bit but i understand where you were coming from because i'm an adult now <laughs> so that was like where chester was coming um with his mentality about how he thought about his dad and just how like one thing can sort of shift your entire thought process of, of how you thought about somebody and i thought that was really powerful especially like this show i mean in a way like it sort of paralleled even speed force nora's um talks with iris about barry's mom and like how the impact of a, a dead parent at a young age can like mm -hmm. influence you as you get older and you know chester was obviously like the Barry in this episode so we got to see that it's nice because like i worried that chester was just gonna be that side character who's gonna be like fun drop one-liners and whatnot so it's nice to actually have him have a story um with regards to like learning more about his past and who raised him and why he came to central city and all that um well, this so, is like eric's insert so he's, he's yeah, gotta get some shine yeah, exactly so it was, it was it's very, his insert character <laughs> um and it changes up the, the dynamics it gives other characters a break too so and it really works it's not like a character people would hate to see like on screen for 48 episodes 40, 40 minutes um and like with iris and the speed force nora it is really nice to see them bonding 
um, just talking and, and sharing personal stories. Um, and that was really nice. Like you said, we don't really get to hear about or see these things about Barry and Iris' home life all the time because we're so caught up in like what's going on in Central City and all that jazz. But it was nice to have them actually bond because, I mean, I ex- thought when they put out the synopsis, to be honest, I was like, oh, okay, bonding. I thought it was going to have to do with like Iris's connection to the Speed Force. Right. So then this, they turned around <laughs> like, okay, I'll take this. It's <laughs> um, and it was really nice just to have Michelle Harrison and Candace like have scenes together because I think that they're just really great actors and, you know, they always talk about working together and, and this is really nice for them to have specifically. And it also creates like interesting dynamics moving forward between like now we have we have Barry and Speed Force Nora's relationship established. Now we have like Iris and Speed Force Nora's relationship established. And now we're going to have like the three of them in the same room together functioning with all this also weird Speed Force stuff going on. Because I don't, I also don't trust her <laughs> yet. Um, you know, it's like this is just her first time in a body, guys. Like, you know. Yeah, it is. But... <laughs> It is. And I will chalk up her being like super emotional about everything because like she's like, I died and I came back. So I value my life now. Come on. (laughs) So, yeah, it was it was just really interesting. It was just like a very it was a solid episode from start to finish. Even like the, you know, the time stuff didn't last very long with the costumes and stuff. But it was really great to see like the slow, especially since they only gave the slow-mo to Joe and Iris. And I appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, the fact that Speed Force Nora didn't get to have a costume because, like, she's sort of outside of time. She doesn't, she's not a person. Mm -hmm. She doesn't exist like that. So I thought that was, like, kind of cool. So well done, Flash. What did not spark joy, if anything? I, like, there's just so much that was sparking joy. There's not a lot that doesn't spark joy. Um, I mean, it's not that Caitlin and Frost particularly like sparked a lot of not joy but just like if I'm choosing something um I mean they had like they had one scene which I I think like you know you know the cast of characters in this episode it was enough it wasn't taking over the plot so there's nothing like that it's just I don't know that I learned anything other than the fact that their taste is not the same which we kind of knew (laughs) already um and I, you know, I don't buy that Frost is into hip hop. Like, Rock is right there. That staying in Pocket Girl. Like, that's the way they should have, like, went with her, like, musical taste. I don't get the whole hip hop thing for Frost, to be honest. Um, and um, Tati will, will elaborate on this. But I thought, like, Frost's conversation with Joe was also out of left field. It was very odd for a guilty person to be defensive <laughs> when confronted with their crimes. I don't know. <laughs> Is that the entirety of your... Basically. Of your I mean, there's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. That's how I felt about it, too. Especially Frost and the whole uh, Joe thing. Like, on the one hand, I, I get it. Because it's like, yeah, you guys have let so many people go. Like, you let Marley's go. You let... Mirror, Mirror Mark go. go. Etc. So, like, sure, yeah. I mean, I guess you, you know, <laughs> why don't you make another exception for me? But at the same time, it was really strange that for her to not eat, especially because it was, like, literally her fear the week before. The week before, her fear had been, oh, my God, I'm going to get caught or whatever, or I'm going to get turned in, and then I'm going to go to jail. And now it's, like, could happen. It's happening, right? And she's like, so? I'm going to fight it. I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> like, how are you going to fight it? I just feel like I'm different now. I'm different now. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, you still did it. Like the statute of limitations will not expire after three years. <laughs> it takes a little bit longer than that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just wasn't expecting that to be her response. Maybe if we had seen like at the beginning of the episode that she was told and that was her response and at the end we saw that she was actually scared, that would be believable. Mm. But for that to literally be her response and that to be the only scene that addresses it was I don't know. I just don't really know where we're going with that. It seems kind of weird. Well, like we're going into next week. <laughs> with the yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they chose to set it up. <laughs> so, which yeah. was, you know, a choice. And then the <laughs> other thing is just like why don't Camilla and Allegra exist? Like, I love that we got mm-hmm. all of a sudden on, on, this, on, on Chester, Chester, but like, can Camilla and Chester, yeah. But can Camilla and Allegra oh. do something? Do you know mm-hmm. what else is weird? When they came back from their adventure in the 90s, mm-hmm. and Cisco's like, oh, he's kind of like, I gotta go to Jitters to meet Camilla. And he sounded like not happy about it. And he's like inviting everybody else to go to Jitters with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that is, that is maybe, maybe there is trouble in paradise and we just don't know about it. He just told her he loved her. Right. And he was going to kiss her so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily like, I thought her reaction, Frost's reaction was like, okay. Cause I don't think she, she thinks that she's guilty or should pay for her past sins or whatever. I guess I will preemptively say that I don't, necessarily like where this is going because only because like for the last years everyone's been saying like Frost has never really had any consequences for her crimes at all whatsoever she's not apologized she's not done anything and so now that we are getting it they're gonna it feels it's not even her crimes and they're gonna set it up that way and it's just like it's just a missed opportunity for the character to actually have an, a redemption arc like a true redemption arc because I do think that it would she needs to have a take accountability for her actions for that to actually happen versus like them just forgetting that she did any of these things because I think you know we do have said before like you said earlier Marley's got off M- Mirror Monarch got off so many people have gotten off and T-Flash has just done shady things themselves over the past few years but all the characters have been ca- called out They've been held responsible for their actions, and Killer Frost never has. Neither has Caitlyn. So it's like it would have been really interesting had they set it up where she actually does have to like stand trial for it. Maybe through being framed, she'll learn something. I don't know. She'll have feelings. Her heart will grow two sizes that day. (laughs) 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 Indeed. (laughs) But yeah, that's like my my biggest complaint of the episode and probably for the next couple of episodes <laughs> right right <laughs> do we have feedback we do have feedback we have our trusty sources of feedback sonia suara and anita so i will begin with anita the flash it's the 90s boy was this episode full of highs and lows but mostly highs 
I'm so here for the way that Speed Force Nora walks around Central City saying to Iris, I see you. I'm talking to you. We're besties now. And I'm sure the actress is relieved to not be replaying variations of the same violent death scene. So true. <laughs> that alone should be a, a joy. That's a joy. <laughs> I will overlook the fact that Chesco doesn't, didn't have their cell phones, but they had wallets to buy food. Wallets existed in the 90s. That's okay, because that's my team B. I love them together. Chester crossing himself with the deceased fax machine and <laughs> was so touching, reaching out to his dad for help and working together on their tech. Cisco's Dwayne Wayne glasses. Oh my god. Um, Iris as Pam Greer slayed me. She slayed the whole game. I don't think Candace has, a, has that specific Afro hair type, but who cares? The wig is right up her alley. Now, as for these four forces... Is it canon that Sage, Strength, and Steel are all after the after speed? Seems like an imbalanced matchup to me. There's got to be a switch midstream this graphic novel, right? I agree with you. And if you mean by canon, like, is that literally happening on the in show? The I feel like we only really have Speed's word for it. I don't even know that, or in, you know? Or like the comic canon, I guess. That's definitely not the case. They do not mm -hmm. care. Uh, it's literally <laughs> just like, hey, let's learn about these other forces. Cool. Sometimes specific people who happen to be have that force are after Barry, but for the most part, they're just like chilling. <laughs> My only predictions, Cisco finds a way to say, may the force be with you in reference to one of the four. <laughs> of course, of course. Twitter floated the idea that Speed Force Nora is actually Eobard Thawne out to mess with Barry's head. I mean, first his daughter, then his mother. Take it back, Twitter. That is I, going I, too far. I, yeah, that's too, that's too I don't far. like it. I don't, I don't like, like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Camilla and Allegra are off taking photos and writing stories. <laughs> Apparently. I guess they must they just be doing citizen business. <laughs> exactly. Someone they went back to, to the 90s and Allegra ceased to exist or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot to mention in my no joys is the fact that like Speed Force Nora, like I was like, I went to see see if you were in Star Labs and then I came to Jitters. I was like, so I guess Barry's not close to the Joe West's house? Like, what? Why? <laughs> right, is an right. interesting place to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's true. But I did, I did like that we saw Jitters. I forgot to say that. Like, oh, ha, huh, Jitters. I feel like Speed Force is like taking a tour of like everywhere that you know she wish she could go, but she couldn't because she was the Speed Force. She's like, oh my god, I want to try Jitters. I always hear about it from my cozy spot in the Speed Force. All right, so now Suara. Hello, ladies. Hello, Suara. I quite like the Flash this week. Love the bonding between Cisco and Chester. It only makes sense to become better friends. Did their plot against the Steel Force? A side note is Time Force, copyrighted by Power Rangers. LOL. No, oh. but in the comic, it's not a time. It's not a time force. So the still force actually makes sense in the comic. I think they were just they were just stretching what they could because it's so boring. Just be good. <laughs> that's, that's all. Uh -huh. um, anyway, did their plot against the still force make much sense? No, but since when does the Flash have consistent logic? Loved Chester reconciling with his dad, even if the drama was a tad forced. Loved Iris bonding with Speed Force Nora, even though she's not technically Barry's mother. Seeing that manifestation of something very important to him bond with Iris over their love for him was absolutely wonderful to watch. Aww, I love that. Um, I love this mother and daughter-in-law duo, and the actress playing Speed Force Nora played so well with Candace. Also loved seeing Iris' afro and Sunny style, along with Joe and the rest of the cast. Even if it was brief, I don't mind rip-off Elsa's plot too much. But I definitely think it took up too much time. 
I still loved she, how she they. She was hardly in it. Yeah, that's true. She only had, she only had two scenes. Come on now. <laughs> but I still, I loved how they showed an episode could work without Barry and focused on the people closest to him, except Joe, I guess. Poor Joe. I think Jesse's just like, you know what? I'll I'll come I, to work, yeah, I but I don't want to do much. Yeah. When I when I feel <laughs> when like it, got I will, to dress I will up. Check so that's in. Fine. Yeah. Exactly. Um, looking forward to next week. I agree with all your thoughts, Sora. Um, Except for the one thought about, you know, the hateration in Caitlin's nation was a little bit. <laughs> All right. Sonia. Okay. Um, oh, she's got a Patreon question. Uh, we all we will be doing a review on Falcon and Winter Soldier when all the episodes are done. So you can send your feedback all at once, I would say, right? Because mm-hmm. if you send it week by week, it, we it's going to get lost. Exactly. We'll get lost. So yeah, you can send it all at once. All right. Now on to the flash feedback. <clears throat> when I first heard about this episode, I had war flashbacks to a similar episode in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seventh and final season, where Mac and Dee got stuck in the 80s. I remember that episode so much. It was total filler in a shortened season, and I was so nervous about this episode for those reasons. But instead, it was awesome. Love the references to 90s things like Blockbuster and their clothes, and it was great to see backstory for Chester. Cisco thinking he was seven years old was hilarious. Did you steal my headgear? <laughs> and when he called Chester a pervert and ran off, yelling stranger danger. <laughs> I liked how the episode didn't just focus on Cisco and Chester stuck in the past. It still had other characters, which is something the aforementioned Agents of the Shield episode did not do. I see you have trauma about this. <laughs> I understand. I really liked the storyline with Iris and Speedforth Nora. Um, it was so sweet and cute. The Caitlin and Frost storyline was weird. It's Caitlin's apartment and Frost is a guest. It's not like she's paying rent. <laughs> she doesn't technically have a job. So keep your weird art out of the common space. <laughs> I guess she just considers herself family, right? She's like, well, I am like Caitlin's twin. So yeah, I should be able to basically. do what I And she probably, I don't, we don't know what she did in Caitlin's head just when she was just like not in a body. So she could be just making herself at home the same way that she would in her mind. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, Caitlin's wallpaper did not match the art, so what the fuck? Someone get her an interior decorator. <laughs> Thank <Jesus>. you. <laughs> I was like, that needs a solid wall, but whatever. <laughs> Loved Iris in her 90s outfit. Um, if that afro didn't show us that they need to hire black well, hairstylists. in the 90s, but I think they were oh, doing like, different it was, decades, like, her yeah. Outfit. yeah, it was her 70s outfit. Um, that they need to hire black hairstylists and different cool hairstyles like Anissa and Jennifer. Um, loved Joe's fist bump, telling Iris she looked great. That was very sweet. And Iris doing the same for Joe before looking at Caitlin like, you too, I guess. (laughs) The ending scene rubbed me the wrong way in a season where Barry and Iris can't kiss and show affection. Why are they doing scenes where it makes West Allen uncomfortable? Hmm. Hmm. Also, the other ending scene, like, I just don't care. Arrest Frost. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that seems like a general consensus. (laughs) Send her to jail! (laughs) Oh man, I'm, maybe maybe she'll give like a heartwarming speech on the stand or something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they how they you know turn it around. Anyway, that's all for feedback. I mean, if Allegra had to like stand trial for something she didn't actually do, I don't see why. <laughs> I don't know that it'll get to trial if that's like a prediction. Because yeah. <laughs> I think I think she'll be like vindicated by the, and they'll capture the real guy by the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. I don't know that she'll like. I don't know. If she'll learn anything. That's probably not. Yeah. If it's not for something she actually did, then it won't matter at all. Yeah. Right. But speaking of predictions, do we have any? Um, I already rested my case. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I don't really, I feel like, I definitely think there is something wrong with the Speed Force. Like, not that I think that she's Amarthon in disguise or whatever, but I do think that, like, she's not telling the full story about Speed Forces. Just because I thought it was so strange when she was like, when they were like, yeah, it doesn't seem like the Speed Force is after you. And then she's like, well, I guess she just thought, they just thought that I'm dead or whatever. And I was like. Yeah, and I guess I just think that, too, because, like, Barry's reaction, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he, like, senses something's up and he, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't want to, like, get too close. Right. And there are also, like, um, what was it called? Set pictures of, of Nora, like, wearing all black. And I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we will wait to find out. <laughs> I just oh, like the trailer because she's, like, she seems, like, overly, like a, like, a helicopter mom a little bit. Like, trying to help Barry out wherever she can. It's like, oh, I can give you more speed. And it's like too much speed. And he's just like, it's like you're sad about your mom. I will be her mother. I will be there for you. I will the be time. the best mother. I will mother you the motherly mothering uh-huh. like mother. <laughs> All right. Side B, prison break in. As the stakes with Lex are raised higher than ever before in that he has to stand trial <laughs> and is not held accountable for his actions, Lena must decide how far she is willing to go to stop her brother. Meanwhile, Supergirl and the team are faced with a challenge unlike anything they've ever dealt with before. Hmm. And it brings Alex to her breaking point. What is this? That is not correct. Supergirl is in the Phantom Zone dealing with her own problems while the team is struggling to come to terms with the fact that they might not be able to rescue Kara immediately because the Phantom Zone has been rewritten by Crisis on Infinite Earths. So there is a lot of drama and trauma going on. And also, Alex does not tell Kelly that Supergirl is Supergirl on screen. (laughs) What brought joy? Well... (laughs) <laughs> I thought that this was a much better episode or like a more cohesive episode than last week's premiere finale hybrid thing. Um, Frankenstein's monster. Um, and I really liked the way that they first off um, introduced the concept, not necessarily introduced concept, but like how everyone is dealing with not having Kara, especially uh, John and Alex. Um, because they kind of like, lose their heads a little bit trying to like race in and save her because she's like family to them right like everyone else obviously is missing Kara like she's their friend she's their companion except she's their hero but like that's Alex's sister and John sees her as like a daughter so they're really like oh no we must do it <laughs> and so then it's like especially heartbreaking when when they fail so early on but also good that we had like a big failure in the first first second episode um that also paralleled the uh Lex failure, if you will, right? Like, we had two things going on, and both of them were at a loss. So we're like, oh, to two right now. <laughs> oh, and two. Like an, exactly. Uh, it gives you an arc for this season, right? We have two goals that we definitely need to accomplish, right? Put Lex in jail, or, or get him off the table, and then get Kara back out of the Speed Force. And right now, things are looking bleak for both. And the way that John and Alex react to their loss is different in that, like, you know, Alex kind of breaks down with Kelly. It was really nice that Kelly was there for her and that, you know, Alex has that support. It, but she also kind of was like feeling like really hopeless. So she doesn't know that she's even going to see Kara again, which is a bit dramatic after one, lo- like one <laughs> attempt. But it's still, it still kind of was like um, reinforces how Kara is like the beacon of hope, right? Like without Kara, there isn't hope. Whereas if Kara was there, she'd be like, don't worry, we can try 300 more times, which is exactly what she says to her dad, sexy Jason Bear. Even though he's old, he's still looking good, especially in low lighting. Um, so, uh, so, so that kind of 
emphasizes what Kara brings to the table. And then on the other hand, you have John, who is like, well, I guess I'm going to be a soldier. And I'm just only going to do this really, like, factually and logically and whatever. Which is kind of like taking us back to season one, John, right? Um, which is how, well, how we met him when we thought he was Hank. So I'm sure that'll be, like, an interesting uh, trajectory for him to sort of, like, have to balance being a father figure and then being, you know, a soldier man on a mission type of person. Um, aside from that, I did love Brainy, like, training Nia or, like, you know, being like, okay, Nia, we have to train. But and then also being like, don't worry, Nia, we're going to, you know, Kara, Kara helps us see another day or whatever. I don't remember what he said. Something about, like, you know, hope, Kara, hope, keep trying. Yeah, we, this time sucks, but next time we're going to get him. Like, we're going to keep on going. And then William was like, thank you, Nia. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like I like the idea of Nia and William teaming up too. Like we didn't really get to see them do anything this episode, but when Andrea was like, "Y'all are gonna take on Lex together," I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I can't wait to see that. So, um, looking forward to whatever that's gonna be. Um, but then I really liked the way that they handled Lex's trial. Like even though it was like so fucking frustrating and horrible um, that he got off and that he got off so easily, I it felt like kind of like sometimes it is really that futile and also just kind of like impossible to believe right you've got this evidence you've got this testimony and then this man lex is like well these bitter women just hate to see me a powerful white man succeed all i want is unchecked power all i want is to be able to live is my best so life hard to ask? exactly while everyone else is living their worst don't you think i deserve that and then they're like you know what i mean i guess you do I don't know. I can't, I, I just can't like blame you for that. <laughs> so, so like, and the fact that even he was shocked, right. That it worked was a hilarious, but also just like, like so frustrating, but good, I guess. I thought it was a good place to start. Also props to, to Eve for trying to, you know, for, for going up on the stand and trying to um, end the Lex jail and even like admitting to her parts of it. Right. And, you know, I was, I was so proud of her that I just remembered her name was Eve instead of calling her Tess, like I always do. <laughs> and then and I also really liked the Lena side of it. Like, first, I liked the whole Andrea and Lena angle because, like, Andrea's not wrong to try and save Gecko, you know, and to try to ask Lena for her side of it. But Lena's also not wrong for calling her out and being like, you know... I thought Lena like, was like a personal. tad bit dramatic, so I'm well, glad yeah. that she recognized that at the right. end. Right. Yeah, exactly. At the end, they both were like, hey, I didn't yeah. need to ask you that. Hey, I didn't need to react that way. And also that then Lena also went on the stand, and she also kind of is taking responsibility for her side of things. And almost, and she did back Lex into a corner, like, right? Like, it should have worked. <laughs> her tactic was good, and it worked in that it Lex did exactly what she wanted him to do, and Lex thought that she had won. But then the stupid-ass jury was like, we just loved crazy ass white men who want to kill us i, I guess. guess she she didn't get all the people with myriad with that little um <laughs> deep brainwashing thing you missed right. a couple people lena exactly some of the the i love lexi update wasn't totally uninstalled <laughs> from certain people's heads maybe um also uh lena lillian is just hilarious i love lillian even though I want to like punch her in the face sometimes, and when she was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll, I'm choosing my baby boy Lex because he's got a better idea than <laughs> than Lena," she's still so funny about it, right? And she's like, "Listen, I don't know how that worked either, but okay, it worked. So here we go. Let's go." <laughs> um, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, anything else? Okay, well, I already said Jason Bear is sexy, but I did like I did like again like we see again the embodiment of Cara being hope when her dad 
is like, okay, well, we're just going to give up and just live in this fandom zone. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and Kara's like, no, I'm going to keep going. Like, even if every day we only get like an inch closer to getting out of the fandom zone or an inch closer to going mad, we're just going to do that because I'd rather die trying to do something than live doing literally nothing. Um, also, I forgot that Allura lived. I thought she died in crisis for some reason. Or was there like she died and she, she undied? Isn't that what happened? Or maybe she. Maybe he was saying that she. He. She survived the Krypton blowing up. Yeah, like, but then I went to look at the to... wiki. I went to look at the wiki, and it yeah, says she's still alive. alive. How? <laughs> exactly. How? I was like, how did this happen? Oh, I guess was it because Argo they survived the reboot? The reboot. Yeah, because yeah. they re- they merged the Earths or something, right? So maybe like it came back because of that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so if someone knows, please tell me. But in that moment, I was like, yay, she's alive. And then I thought, and then I thought, oh my God, that'd be kind of cool to see like CW's first Lois with CW's first Max Evans. Because they were both at like the, you know, uh-huh. Smallville replaced Roswell and Roswell was like the first like yeah. CW show. Yeah, anyway. Um, so. A different kind of crossover will be on our screens, perhaps. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, all right, so that is all I have to say. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you cover like quite a bit and you hit all like the, the main targets. I just want to be petty with Andrea for a minute and just say how much it <laughs> made me, gave me so much joy to see like Lex's, like the cut on Lex's head on her catco board just gave him like the largest egghead ever. And that was just, like, really, really funny to me. Because she was, like, so petty. I'm going to make his head as big as possible. Um, as big as his ego. It splashed up against the back of her wall. I like that she wanted to attack. She didn't want to wait for the trial to decide. She wanted to go after him immediately. I liked um, Lena and Andrea's interactions. Um, like you said, like, Andrea's not wrong. To be like, let's go, go, go on Lex. And I don't think she's wrong to have thought maybe that Lena would want to be go, go, go on Lex as well. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think Lena's a little bit sensitive because the last time she tried to open up to somebody and they lied to her, she was all like dark side. But um, I like that, you know, again, at the end, um, when the trial wasn't going well, Lena decided to make a stand. Um, even in like when her mom, when Lillian Kane was trying to like convince her to just say nothing, let it go, whatever happens happens to him, but you don't have to be the nail in his coffin. And she's like, you know what? Actually, I do. I would enjoy being the nail in the coffin. So, and I, I liked her on the stand. I liked um, afterwards when she and, and Andrea kind of got back together to debrief um, how things went so horribly wrong. And they kind of like vowed to to keep going at it and keep trying. So I, I'm really enjoying where the story is going to go for them um, going after Lex because um, he screwed both of their businesses over. Um, I liked Brainy and Nia's conversations. I just like seeing Nia's evolution of her powers. And because you know, last week we got her with um, what do you call it, like dream walking. And then now she is going to be, like when Brain was telling her, um, you are the reason that this is going to succeed when she was like feeling like not confident about finding um, Kara in the Phantom Zones. I like that he's training her and that she's getting more um, focused on her powers and how her power specifically can be of use in this situation. Um, 
so I'm looking forward to more of that, more of Nia being powerful. Um, I liked, I did not like the trial, so <laughs> that'll go on my dislikes. <laughs> um, but I, I do agree with you with what little we saw of Kara in the Phantom Zone. Um, the favorite part would be her talking to her dad and, and being like, you know, it's not conceal, don't feel stick your head in the sand and, and don't do nothing and you know you have to keep fighting and I think that's a good um, theme for not only the Phantom Zone, Zone crew with Kara and her dad but also the Supergirl team, super friends on the outside who are fighting and you know it doesn't seem like there's anything working but they're going to keep fighting anyway to fight against Lex and to, to fight to get her out. I like the twist that um the Phantom Zone was rewritten and, and kind of Frankenstein together from the multiverse. I think it's a good plot twist to um, show why they still can't get her out immediately, um, even on the first try. Um, so that was that was something I was not expecting. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so you're kind of like more interested in how are they going to actually figure this out? It's not like a one and done, which is what Alex thought it was going to be. Um, I think those are the the big parts for me. I also enjoyed Lillian, just her in general and her presence and the way that she was trying to diplomatically negotiate between both of her kids, like first trying to get Lex <laughs> to plead guilty because like the Luther name is at stake. And he's like, you don't care about me? She's like, no, <laughs> I care about this man. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then, like, going to, to Lena uh, similarly and be like, you know, you need to do what you need to do for the Luther name and not for your own, like, selfish whatever, whatever's. Um, so, in the sense, she is, like... It. She's, like, the selfishness. She's, like, we we get our selfish things by pretending you, to do that, things that Yeah, that like selfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like that. It, like, in her own, like, evil way, she is kind of, like, the matriarch you know, trying to keep the family together, even if it's not out of, like, familial love. It's out of, like, familial greed or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But I like I like how she maneuvers between the two of them. Um, and then I think other parts of the episode probably will flow into, you know, things to like will also flow into my dislikes. So... I might stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree with all that. And I, I will say about the trial itself, I did, like, I thought it was an interesting way, like, as much as it was annoying that Lex was able to get off without any consequences for what he did, I thought it was an interesting parallel to, to like, real life and how shitty men get away with so many things. And the jury's like, yes, this man is is innocent. We will get him off because this woman tempted him to do the things that he did. <laughs> so I was like, damn, this is just brutal. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I turned a TV to escape reality. <laughs> I know. Escape. I think they did it well. And yeah. even, like, in the way that they set up Alina because, you know, whatever people feel about her right now, she did do shady things last season with regards to her Q-wave mind control, even if it was her intentions were good. You know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting the way that she decided, like, first she's like, I'm going to stay out of the whole ex thing because whatever, he's just an asshole. He's going to get what he deserves. And then decide by taking the stand, she's 
incriminated herself because like he made some points he's terrible but he made some points about her basically doing the same thing even though it was for a completely different reason and he did the same thing for his own evil reasons and like that i was like man this is this is an interesting way to honestly for me at least to like give her redemption because she's taking accountability for her action she's like you know i did do those things but i'm standing here and telling you i did those things even if the fbi is going to come after me probably i'm still owning up to the fact that i did those things and i thought that was an interesting way for them to go rather than just kind of like oh her and Kara are reconciled now we're just going to forget that ever happened so i like that they did not forget that it happened and actually had her take the stand so that was great and even like her relationship with andrea you know because lena has struggled to have friends in the past um for various reasons and it was really interesting to see that she is like gotten to a place where she's a little bit more mature about it and that like andrea did say things and you know she was she did have ulterior motives but she's like you know what now we're on the same page we're gonna work together and like maybe i didn't need to hear that from you and and whatnot so that was really nice i feel like a breakthrough is happening (laughs) um what else i also loved lillian she just like chews up scenery in the greatest the greatest ways (laughs) um and I love the Nia and Brainy thing because, like, at first I was like, man, you went from I love you to the first for the first time to, like, let's train. I'm going to be really hard on you. Right. <laughs> I was like, no, don't do that, Brainy. But it was really the, the nice. Supergirl's like, life is in your hands. <laughs> By doing this, he was, like, sort of, he believed in her, you know. Um, and he, he's, he supported her through her insecurity over her powers over her disbelief in herself that she can't do this and he's like no you are you are the key and it was really nice to have her train and evolve her powers and also have him back in her corner where he's like being there for her and whatnot and i thought like william had a very minor role in this but it was like really cute how invested he was in the lex trial <laughs> When he was watching, he's like, yeah, no, Galena. He's like watching a football uh, yeah. game. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is very intense. Aww. All of that was great. And I really did like the fact that, you know, Jean and Alex were obviously the ones who were very invested and very upset when they couldn't save Kara at the beginning. You know, they're like, we're going to lose her. And their relationship, like, because of their relationship with Kara, they are the most invested in getting her out, not just as Supergirl and as this like hopeful figure, but as a person and a human being in their life, they truly deeply care about and do not want to see gone. So all of that was wonderful. But what did not spark joy? Um, I didn't have that much that didn't spark joy. Um, although I will agree with the things that didn't spark joy to Jessica about the trial. But overall, I did enjoy the trial, so <laughs> I'm not going to mention that. People are stupid. Um, however, <laughs> I why did I just blink and miss the part where Alex tells Kelly about Kara? Clearly, that's not the case. Clearly, that just didn't happen. Um, I was like, why even bring it up in the previous episode if mm-hmm. we were just gonna move? Like, it never happened this episode. Like, I would have been perfectly fine with everything Kelly did this episode and just assumed that she had always known, right? And it was never a big deal because she was brought in so like seamlessly into the group. But instead, it was like, okay, so it's like, oh, damn, she doesn't know. And now Kara's gone, possibly forever. Next thing you know, like, she has no feelings about it. There's no no reason for her to process it, because I guess it just doesn't matter to her. It's not connected to her. And she's only there for (laughs) Alex to be like, what if I never see my sister again? It's like, that was weird, and I didn't like that. 
Um, and the fact that it was in the, you said it was in the, you know, episode description, right? Makes you think that it was there and they just cut out the scene. It was just not important to them. So again, if it was not important to you, you should have cut out the line where we bring it up in the previous episode. Um, anyway, aside from that, um, the fear phantoms or whatever was going on just kind of like looked like and were described like Walmart brand Dementors. <laughs> like, oh my God, they suck out your joy. They bring you fears crazy like a bogart and dementor combo and also i know that i'm assuming that what Kara was talking about like that memory she had was like from season three like from the um samantha arc can't remember what yeah samantha's rain. character was right thank you but like the fact that like we didn't like even get a replay of it really it was just like wake up dark shadowy oh i feel fear i was like yeah, you didn't really set the scene i was like what is she doing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, there are plenty of people who are not going to remember what you're talking about. Right. And then also, like, it just didn't look very scary the way that they didn't set it up. Just like, D I promise you, it's scary. Okay, moving on. So um, so that was weird. Um, so, yeah, that's all. Yeah, um, I... Hmm. Owen, you know, he could, he could be... He was a nice character in this episode. Um, a little vampire alien from Transylvania. Um, I think he got way more than he was bargaining for. Like, all he was trying to do was steal some blood. Like, at, at, at some certain points, I'd be just like, just take me to jail. <laughs> I don't have to deal with all of you people. <laughs> um, I didn't like the way that John was, like, yelling at him, like, you need to fix this right now. Like, John, he is doing you a favor. Um, he never apologized for that either. Like, McGon was like, chill. And, was, and John was like, you know, you know what? I need to be a soldier. But I don't think he ever apologized to Owen. And I feel like Owen went through a lot of shit. I like that Kelly was there for Owen. She truly cared about Owen and tried to, like, talk to him about um, his, you know, the stress that he was under and of the thought of not only not being able to save his husband, but now the, the fate of Supergirl is in his hands and there's a lot, like, a lot of pressure. So I like that she was there to talk to him, but then that's also kind of blended in with the fact that you were saying, you know, about the whole conversation of Kelly being let in on Super Supergirl secret, but we can't be let in on Kelly being let in on it. Um, and it just seemed, you know, because Alex was spiraling and she was, you know, I bought all this dim sum and cars not here. <laughs> oh my God. And, and it was just kind of like glossed over, um, in the mix of her spiraling. So there's, even if it was Kelly's first time here, there's no need real way for her to like process her own emotions. Emotions kind of trump over, over Kelly's. And like you said, if you were going to make a big deal about it in the previous episode that she didn't know, then why, why include that in the not show like her reaction to it? Um, and then like the trial, like, I guess, I don't know if it's like a not joy, but I was just like, it doesn't bring me joy being disappointed in the stupidity of jurors in National City, I guess. Um, I just think like the reasoning of them just like sipping the Kool-Aid of like Lex's narcissism is kind of a stretch. Like clearly the writers don't want Lex in jail and they just like, you know, he's not guilty because we don't want him to be guilty because we still need him out to doing stuff. And like, I get that it's probably some, you know, the whole like Trumptonian take on like, creating your own fake news and blah, blah, blah. But, like, Lexi's whole defense was bitter women and white male power and narcissism. And the jury's like, yeah, sounds legit. You know, like, I don't understand, you know, how they, they could have done, like, and it wasn't even like he was 
if the jury is like, you know, we're at a standstill because um, we can't prove beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt. So he's not like acquitted. He's not acquitted. He, they can, said he's not guilty. So he can't even be retried for these crimes because they already like, you know, I'm just like, and of course, like Lex was surprised, Lillian was surprised. I guess my like, you know, Hail Mary prediction is that maybe Lillian is not that surprised. Like, I, did she bribe some jurors? Like, I would believe that. Like, something has to have happened for them to be like, threaten somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lex was planning to blow them up. So I feel like the more diplomatic approach would have been Lillian's like bribing them with money to right. ha- have them not be guilty because I just can't, you know believe that Supergirl's final season they're just kind of like validate Lex's feelings of I'm you know the best and I deserve it and people should love me kind of thing because I just think that's kind of like an odd move to take (laughs) agreed I think what was also frustrating just to add on to the trial thing it's just like having to it was very COVIDy trial you know you're just watching the people on video screen there's like nobody in there I'm like okay (laughs) we will do this that's fine we we understand Uh, but it was like a bit awkward because the you know jury scenes they went on for you know it was a lot of episodes I was like Five people nodding their heads at Lex's nonsense (laughs) let's go with that um I also don't like the direction they're headed with like Jean trying to like conceal don't feel his feelings and he's like I will be a soldier I will he just not had any feelings mind melding sex for the first yes. time yes <laughs> and like the connection with him and McGoss was even <laughs> I just I don't want that to happen John no <laughs> I know that they're gonna be like oh you know your emotions are the most the best part of of you and like how you care but i i just think it's just so one-dimensional for him to even start thinking about him compartmentalizing his emotions so that he can think more logically because that kind of like makes everything worse because he does actually care about car like he can't just be he can't just soldier on last season with brain yeah it must be more logical exactly yeah so it's sort of like a repeat of that and i'm not a fan um i (sighs) I like Kara's storyline right now, but I agree that it would have been more interesting had we actually seen her memory and fear of at least a flashback or whatever, because her just sort of talking about it didn't make me feel as like scared for what she was scared of in that it's moment. It's not like they had to shoot it because they already yeah, had the footage. Yeah, they already had the flashback. <laughs> so it's like, okay, why did you not do that? So that was like interesting and odd. Um, but with regards to like Kelly, I also thought I blinked and missed it because I was like, wait, did I? Because I looked down to like tweet something <laughs> and then I looked back up. They were talking about Kara being Supergirl. I'm like, what happened here? So I feel it is very frustrating because in general, I'm frustrated for Kelly because so far in the last two episodes, all she's done is comfort other people. And we haven't really mm-hmm. gotten anything with her or anybody comforting her, talking to her about what's going on in her life. Like, you know, last week obsidian folded is she out of a job i don't know (laughs) what is she doing in her spare time is she building some new tech that she can help people with aside from just kind of comforting the ones she's in physical close contact with so that whole thing is is not fun to see on screen and it's sort of like making her seem less important to the super friends and the fact that like 
Alex can't tell her, like they can't have a heart to heart and it being a big deal moment. Like you said, you know, why mention it? They're not going to have that. That could have been like a great scene, especially with all the emotions running high and Kelly could process like why she didn't tell her and, and whatnot. So like we already thought she knew Carl was Supergirl. Just leave it at that, to be honest. Like, that would have just been fine. So, whatever. I know a lot of people were angry at that, too. Um, what are our feedbackers' thoughts on this episode? Let's find out. So, Laura's thoughts were, even though I liked Supergirl overall, the Lex trial plot did not make one lick of sense. How did he get off free from the jury? Thank you. If Eve was an accomplice to plots he obviously concocted because she was in love with him, What? I was so confused and putting my arms in the air in frustration while watching. There must have been some other way to let him go free. A bribe? Ah, look at that. Mind meld. See? Um, Thank you, Squire. Lillian taking the fall. It wouldn't have been Lillian taking the fall. No, that's Something other than whatever this was. This was outside the bounds of reason for a CW show. Even for a CW show, and that's saying something. Other than that, I enjoyed Nia and Brainy again, communicating like a real couple. Alex and Kelly scenes. Finally, she knows, even though we didn't see her finding out. The team trying to get Kara out didn't like John deciding he had to act like a soldier now or whatever. Right. And my queen Lena doing the right thing. I love her so much. She always makes a show for me, even when it's more nonsensical than usual. <laughs> love the Phantom Zone segments and Kara finding Zorel. Although this episode frustrated me with subpar writing and logical gaps, I'm still excited for next week. Very nice. And then Sonia. <laughs> Shank, did okay. I send any feedback for this episode? Oh, I'll check, but I don't, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. This was a great episode, mostly because John Cryer is so good at Lex, as Lex. Andrea jumping the gun with the headline, calm, honestly, calm down. <laughs> Poor Nia needing to be in like a million places at once, kind of like Kara, but without super speed and flight. Girl probably needs a long bubble bath and a glass of wine. Did I totally miss Alex telling Kelly? Because one second it seemed like Kelly didn't know. And then the ending scene seemed like she knew. I don't know why this stuff happens off screen. Right? Right? Sorry. Both Eve and Lena gave great testimony. And it's crazy that Lex managed to convince the jury that they were both worse than him, like the power of cis white men knows no bounds. Exactly. That was the point that the girl was making, okay? The Phantom <laughs> Zone scenes were great. And those scenes actually kind of reminded me of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when Gemma got stuck on the alien planet Mavis? 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 Inside the monolith. Okay. I love your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. references, by the way. <laughs> The passion. She's like subtly hinting to us that we need to do this. I can't believe I didn't realize they filmed most of the scenes much later after she gave birth. I was like, okay, the Phantom Zone took away Kara's bangs. (laughs) Why did they just make those work? Yeah, I thought the same was so jarring. I was like, wait, does she look younger? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. It's nice to see her interacting with her father again, but did no one from Krypton die when the planet blew up? Did Kara even need to leave the planet in a pod? It seems like everyone they think was dead is actually still alive somehow. Can't wait till they save Kara and she can finally interact with other characters. I agree. I also cannot wait. And nope, there is no nothing from Shang. He hates us. Tragic. (laughs) All right. Any predictions? I, this isn't really a prediction. I just like have this fear right now that because we're in like the Phantom Zone fears and hallucinations, whatever, I'm like, what if the dad isn't real? What if Jason <gasps> Bear isn't sexy? What if he is like a, <laughs> a Phantom, you know, whatever thing that's like meant to keep Kara from leaving? 
Interesting. So hopefully, and she's still she's still trying to leave. So she's still trying, she's still trying. So we can't keep her down. I hope he's real because I want him to not even reunite, but be in a scene with Erica Durant. <laughs> That's all. That's a good one. That's know. interesting. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's why they only just called him man, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is why. But then oh. they're like, oh, he's her dad. I like, I guess they want to keep that a secret. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> all right so do we have a lady oh wait that's your that's your thing Seth. well jessica did you have any predictions or no no other than my crackpot theory that lillian did like mastermind lex's not guilty conviction by bribing Which i somebody. love i buy that mm-hmm. for sure now do we have a lady of gum with Ugh. lady with gumption of the week <laughs> nominees for supergirl and flash I don't. Mm-hmm. The Flash is kind of hard since. Yeah, it was just dudes, just dudes in the Flash. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the Speed Force for having the gumption to try to insert herself into Barry's <laughs> <laughs> mom. I will come home with you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, but for Supergirl, I mean. There's there's Lena for you know Having going to, to stand. yeah going to the trial taking the stand Andrea for going after Lex yep Andrea for going after Lex Cara um, and the then Cara for, exactly there was lots of it, it was called a few good women and there were that's indeed true that's true yeah. I think we can there make the last week and just focus on yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> yes, I agree so mm-hmm. any any um any like one that that rises to the top. I'm going to go with Lena for me. I was going to go with Andrea because I felt like she was on go from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I will will follow Sue with Andrea just because I feel like, you know, she doesn't get as much shine. And this was, I'm sure there'll be more for Lena when she, when she's (laughs) herself is on trial. So I will, I will vote Andrea. Woohoo. It's two for Andrea. All right. She is our Lady with Gumption of the Week. As always, you can contact us over on Tumblr at ladieswgumption.tumblr.com. Send us all your thoughts to ladieswgumption at gmail.com. And until next week, where we'll have three shows, because Black Knight, four shows, because Black Lightning and Batwoman are back next week. So more thoughts from us. (laughs) And if you do have any feedback, please send them our way. And until next time, fare thee well.